Welcome back, friends. Bill Creasy here with Monday's episode of Scripture Uncovered. Today, we're going to leave the New Testament behind us and turn back to the Hebrew Scriptures, the Old Testament. Now, you may recall that after the Israelites come out of Egypt in the Exodus, spend 40 years in the wilderness, they then cross the Jordan River and begin the conquest of the land of Canaan, starting with Jericho. Well, as we get to the end of Joshua, the Israelites have more or less conquered the land and allocated it among the tribes. The allocation follows natural, geographic, topographic borders, and the tribes live in rather isolated areas one from the other. When there's an outside threat, the tribes coalesce, a leader emerges, deals with the threat, and then theoretically recedes into the background. But when you give people power, they're loath to give it up. So in the book of Judges, we have 13 such people who are allocated power to deal with national crises. But each judge becomes more and more corrupt. And as the society becomes more and more corrupt, well, bad things happen. I want to put in today, in the book of Judges, chapter 17. Now, this is way toward the end. We've gone through 13 judges, and things are bad. We read in chapter 17, There was a man from the mountain region of Ephraim, whose name was Micah. He said to his mother, You know the 1,100 pieces of silver that were taken from you, about which you pronounced a curse, and even said in my hearing, Well, I have that silver. I stole it. So now I restore it to you. Well, then his mother said, Oh, may my son be blessed by the Lord. And when he restored the 1,100 pieces of silver to his mother, she said, I consecrate the silver to the Lord from my own hand on behalf of my dear lovely son to make an idol overlaid with silver. So, when he restored the silver to his mother, she took 200 pieces and gave them to the silversmith, who made of them an idol overlaid with silver. And it remained in the house of Micah. Now, the man Micah had a shrine, and he made an ephod and a teraphim, and installed one of his sons who became his priest. Now, wait a minute. This is a man from the mountain region of Ephraim, the central mountain range. Only Levites can become priests. But Micah appointed one of his own sons to be a priest. And we read very tellingly, In those days there was no king in Israel. Every did, everyone did what was right in their own eyes. Well, there are so many bad things happening in this story that it's hard to know where to begin. Micah confesses to his mother that he stole 1,100 pieces of silver from her. Micah's mother is overjoyed that her precious boy would confess, and she rewards him, asking the Lord to bless him. 
Out of gratitude, Micah's mother consecrates the 1,100 pieces of silver to the Lord. Oh, and to make an idol overlaid with silver. And when Micah returns the 1,100 pieces of silver, his mother gives 200 pieces to the silversmith to make the idol, not the 1,100 that she had pledged. Micah then makes a shrine for the new idol and appoints one of his sons as priest, even though his son is not a Levite. In a matter of six verses, chapter 17, 1 through 6, we see how totally corrupt the Israelites have become. And get this, Micah's mother promises 1,100 pieces of silver, but gives only 200. Now, remember the story of Ananias and Sapphira in Acts chapter 5? Huh, I expect Micah's mother to drop dead at any moment. And notice that refrain. In those days, there was no king in Israel. Everyone did what was right in their own eyes. And this refrain will recur all throughout the rest of the book of Judges. So we continue with our story. There was a young man from Bethlehem of Judah, from the clan of Judah. He was a Levite residing there. The man set out from the city, Bethlehem of Judah, to take up residence wherever he could find a place. On his journey, he came into the mountain region of Ephraim, the central mountain range, right to the house of Micah. Where do you come from? Micah asked. He answered, well, I'm a Levite from Bethlehem in Judah, and I'm on my way to take up residence wherever I can find a job. And Micah said, Well, stay with me. Be father and priest to me, and I will give you ten silver pieces a year, a set of garments, and your living. He pressed the Levite, and he agreed to stay with the man. Now the young man became like one of his own sons. Micah installed the Levite, and the young man became his priest, remaining in the house of Micah. And then Micah said, Oh, now I know the Lord will prosper me. I have an authentic Levite as my priest, my own private priest. This young Levite, has been living in Bethlehem within the tribe of Judah, and he sets out to find a better place in the hill country of Ephraim. Now, what does that tell us about him? In Numbers 35, God commands Moses to establish 48 cities for the Levites. The Levites get no land, but they're given 48 cities from which they would minister to the Israelites. Six of those cities would function as cities of refuge. Joshua 21 lists the 48 cities, and Bethlehem is not one of them. So, this rogue Levitical priest is not functioning as a priest at all. Rather, he's an unemployed opportunist looking for someone to swindle. Huh. And then he meets Micah. Now, Micah is delighted to meet the young Levite and he offers to hire him as his private priest to minister before his idols. And the young Levite's delighted too. He snaps up the job. And with that, 
Micah is quite certain that God will prosper him now that he has his own private priest in residence. Things are going from bad to worse. Now we read again, beginning in chapter 18, In those days there was no king in Israel. In those days the tribe of the Danites were in search of a heritage to dwell in. For up to that time, no heritage had been allotted to them among the tribes of Israel. So the Danites sent from their clans five powerful men of Zorah and Eshtel to reconnoiter the land and scout it. Go scout the land, they were told. And they went into the mountain region of Ephraim and they spent the night there. Now, while they were near the house of Micah, they recognized the voice of the young Levite. So they turned aside. They knocked on the door. The Levite answered. They said, Who brought you here? What are you doing here? What, well, what's your interest here? Oh, this is what Micah has done for me, he replied. Can you believe it? He has hired me, and I've become his private priest. And they said to him, Consult God that we may know whether the journey we're making will lead to our success. And the priest looked at them with pious eyes, and he said, go in, go in peace. The journey you are making is under the eye of the Lord. Bless you, my brothers. Now this section starts off by paraphrasing the refrain from chapter 17, verse 6. In those days there was no king in Israel, Everyone did what was right in their own eyes. And although the refrain may foreshadow better days to come under the future King David, the primary reference here is to God as king. As Gideon, one of the good judges, said, I will not rule over you. The Lord must rule over you. In these latter days of the judges, the people no longer recognize God as their king, or anyone else for that matter. And then we're told that no heritage had been allocated to the Danites among the tribes of Israel, which is simply not true. The Danites were given land. The land allocated to the tribe of Dan in Joshua 19 was right in the midst of Philistine territory on the coastal plain. But unable to wrest the territory from the Philistines, the Danites chose five men to scout out the land, looking for a softer target. As they travel north through the hill country of Ephraim, they approach Micah's home, and they hear the young Levite intoning a liturgy in front of Micah's idols. Curious, the five men stop to investigate. The Levite comes to the door. Who are you? What are you doing here? The Levite replies shrewdly. He tells him how he swindled Micah, boasting that Micah has hired him as his private priest for room, board, and ten pieces of silver a year. The five men then ask the Levite to consult God about their journey, and the Levite cunningly assures them they'll be successful. So let me get this straight. The Danites reject the land God has given them. And they send scouts to target a peaceful, unsuspecting people to murder and steal their land. The scouts meet the crooked priest, 
who brags about bilking Micah and encourages the scouts on their mission, laying the groundwork for cutting himself a better deal with them. Well, that about sums it up. Holy cow. So the five men went on, and they came to Laish, right up on the northern border of Israel today. And they saw the people there living securely after the manner of the Sidonians, quiet and trusting, with no lack of any natural resource. Oh, it's truly beautiful up there on the northern border. They were distant from the Sidonians. They had no dealings with the Arameans. No natural friends to help. Well, when the five returned to their kin in Zora and Eshtael, they were asked, what do you have to report? And they replied, huh, let's attack them. We've seen the land. It's very good land. Are you going to hesitate? Don't be slow to go in and take possession of the land. When you go, you'll come to a trusting, unsuspecting people. The land stretches out in all directions, and God has indeed given it into your power, a place where no natural resources are lacking. So they travel up to Lachish, Lachish, Dan of today on the northern border of Israel. 600 of the clan of the Danites, men armed with weapons of war, set out from Zorah and Eshtael. They marched up into Judah and encamped near Kiriath the Irim. And from there they passed on into the mountain region of Ephraim, and they came to the house of Micah. Then the five men who had gone to reconnoiter the land spoke up and said to their kindred, Do you know that in these houses there are ephod, teraphim, and an idol overlaid with silver? Decide what you want to do. So turning in that direction, they went to the house of the young Levite at the home of Micah. They knocked on the door. The Levite came to the door, greeted them. Six hundred armed Danites stationed themselves at the entrance of the gate, armed with weapons of war. The five men who had gone to reconnoiter the land went up and entered the house of Micah with the priest standing there. They took the idol, the ephod, the teraphim, and the metal image. And when the priest said to them, What are you doing? They said, Shut up! Put your hand over your mouth. Come with us, be our father and priest. It's better for you to be a priest for the family of one man or to be the priest of a tribe of Israel. And the young Levite agreed. He took the ephod, the teraphim, the idol, and went along with the 600 armed men headed for Lachish. So 600 armed men learned that Micah is a wealthy man. Now remember, Micah stole 1,100 pieces of silver from his mother, a hundred times what he paid the crooked priest as an annual salary. So recognizing a wealthy man and seeing his opportunity, the slimy little Levite joins the band of marauders and steals Micah's idols. Now I bet he stole the silverware and the candlesticks too. And when the Danites had gone some distance from the house of Micah, Micah and the men in the houses nearby mustered and overtook them. Micah says, I've been robbed! And off they went, chasing the men who robbed them. 
They called to the Danites, who turned and said to Micah, What do you want? You've called this muster of people. You've taken my God, which I made for myself, and you've gone off with my priests as well, he answered. What's left for me? How can you ask me, what do you want? And the Danites said to him, Don't let your voice be heard near us, or aggravated men will attack you, and you will have forfeited your life and the lives of your family. Get away from here, or you and your family are dead meat. Then the Danites went on their way. And Micah, seeing that they were too strong for him, tucked tail and went back home. So having taken what Micah had made and his priest, they marched against Laish, a quiet and trusting people. They put them to the sword, killed them all, and destroyed the city by fire. No one came to their aid since the city was far from Sidon and they had no dealings with the Arameans. The city was in the valley that belongs to Beth Rehob. The Danites then rebuilt the city and occupied it. They named it Dan after their ancestor Dan, who was born to Israel, Jacob. But Laish was the name of the city formerly. The Danites set up the idol for themselves, and Jonathan, son of Gershom, son of Moses, and his descendants were priests for the tribe of the Danites until the time the land went into captivity in 722 BC, conquered by the Assyrians. They maintained the idol Micah had made as long as the house of God was in Shiloh. Well, the Israelites have sunk to a new low. The Danites reject the land God had given them. They rob Micah. The crooked priest joins them, stealing Micah's idols. The Danites murder and plunder a peaceful people of Laish. They worship Micah's idols. And get this, Moses' grandson and his family serve as priests for the corrupt Danites. And it will only get worse. We'll see how much worse in our next podcast. Thank you, friends. Good being with you. And it'll be fun coming back to the Old Testament and looking at some of these stories, moving us into the time of the kings. Okay, bye-bye now. See you on Wednesday.